I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you know the three kinds of friendship, the three kinds of friendship often written about in the Catholic tradition based off of the great philosopher Aristotle? And do you know why it's so important to understand the differences between these three kinds of friendships? If you want to have good fellowship, good dating relationships, and a great marriage someday, that's what we're going to unpack in today's episode. I want to help us to see why these understandings of friendship can help us whether we're single, we just want to live in good Christian community with our friends, or we're starting a dating relationship, and we want to make sure that this dating relationship is off to a good start, it's built on the proper foundations of authentic friendship, or maybe we're engaged, and we're thinking about, how do I get my marriage off to a good start? Uh, or maybe we've been married for a few years or many years, and we want to go back to those basics of friendship, virtuous friendship, the foundation for all loving relationships. That's what we're going to look at today. And I want to just pause here and give a big shout out to the many people in Ontario, in Canada, where I was just visiting in the Diocese of London. I know we have many new listeners here. Thank you so much for having me at the men's conference this last weekend. And I also want to give a shout out to the many people who were at SEEK 2019. I'm still just so thankful for the 17,000 college students that came to India. Indianapolis and so many lives being changed. And I also want to express great thanks to the many long-term listeners who I know have been praying for me over the last several months, uh, especially regarding this book project uh, on Christ's passion that's coming out for this Lent. And I'm so excited if you can just uh, offer up just a couple more weeks of prayer because we're sending the book off to the printer and then the, the video study that's going along with that from our filming in the Holy Land, that's going to be going off for reproduction coming up here soon. So if you could please, please just pray that the Lord will bless all the final touches, that this will really help people to encounter Jesus this Lent, uh, helping them to encounter him anew in Christ's passion, which is, as John Paul II said, the fullest revelation of God's love for us is found in Christ's passion. And and I really pray that people who read the book or watch the videos will encounter Jesus's love anew and find the pattern for their lives uh, in Jesus's passion. So thank you so much for your prayers for that. But let's go back to this conversation about the three kinds of friendship. Aristotle was a great philosopher who came before Jesus. Uh, he's a Greek philosopher. He's not a prophet like Moses or Elijah. Uh, but wow, he saw so much uh, about life, about virtue, and about friendship. In fact, his famous work on the ethics, the ethical life, is all about, in the end, friendship. Uh, because, you know, for, for Aristotle and St. Thomas Aquinas, the great Catholic theologian and others, uh, morality, ethics isn't about just rules and random hoops you have to go through. No, it's all about how do you live a good life, a happy life. And we find our happiness in our friendships, our friendships with each other, our friendships in our families, and most of all, our friendship with God. And, and so, Aristotle has so much insight to help us to understand authentic friendship. But let's talk about uh, first the, the first kind of friendship. It's a very basic level kind of friendship. He calls it the friendship of utility. Think of this as two people having some mutual benefit that they get from each other. It's useful for them to know each other, work together, whether it's in a class on campus, they're working together on a student project, or maybe it's a colleague in your office place and you have to work together well, or it's people in your neighborhood, 
people in your parish. We, we all have friendships like this. And I'm going to give you an example that I often like to use. Uh, let's say that there's a guy named Bob, and Bob is in the construction business, and he lives in Boston. We'll call him Bob the Builder in Boston. And he's looking for someone who could sell him nails because he needs a lot of nails, and he needs them at a really good price. And he's developed a friendship over the year with a man named Sam who's in sales for a nail company. And Sam sells nails and he lives in San Francisco and he can provide the best quality nails for Bob at the best price. And so they've worked together for many, many years. They've gotten to know each other on different business trips. They've gone out to see each other in their respective cities. And uh, they, they sincerely care for each other and they, they wish each other well. When Bob's daughter got married, uh, Sam sent a gift for the family. When Sam had a, his mother die, Bob maybe sent some flowers for them. So, you know, they really wish each other well. But what's really at the foundation of their friendship isn't so much a commitment to each other as much as it is a commitment to what they get out of each other. Uh, So much so that let's say if Sam leaves the nail selling business, are they really going to have a long-term friendship that's going to go for many, many more years? Let's say Sam no longer sells nails. He's starting to sell books. Well, it doesn't mean all of a sudden Bob is going to dislike Sam. You know, they may still exchange Christmas cards. And if Bob happens to be on a trip in San Francisco, he might give Sam a call. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Remember me? But they're not, they don't have a reason to talk. They don't have a reason for a sustained conversation anymore. And that's really important for a friendship to grow. We need to have conversation. We need to enter into each other's lives. What's happening in each other's lives, Aristotle says, we need conversation. And that's probably not going to happen because what's really at the foundation of their friendship is the mutual benefit that Bob gets great nails from Sam. Sam at a good price, and Sam gets great business from Bob. Uh, But when they're no longer needing each other, when Sam goes and sells books, that friendship is probably going to start to fade. Uh, so we all have friendships like this in our workplaces, in our communities. These I don't want you to think of these as bad, evil friendships like we're using each other. But what we have to see is what what's at the foundation of the friendship isn't a commitment to each other. The other person isn't really committed to me. They're more committed to what they get out of me. They, they get business from me or they get some benefit from knowing me or, or working alongside me. And, uh, and, and this isn't bad, but once that mutual benefit isn't there, there's no reason for that friendship to grow and deepen. So think of this as a friendship that's not bad, but it doesn't have deep roots. It's not going to grow unless it becomes something more. Now, there's a second kind of friendship that similarly also doesn't have deep roots, and this is what Aristotle calls the friendship of pleasure. This is about two people that share fun times together. Maybe they listen to the same music, they play the same sports, they're in the same kind of club and hobby, Uh, they have the same hobby interests, they play the same musical instrument. Maybe in college they happen to live on the same dorm floor, so they hung out together on the weekends. But when you're no longer on that same dorm floor with that person, how likely is it you're going to keep hanging out with them unless there was something more to the friendship. Or let's say you don't play that same sport anymore. You're not on that same team, uh, that intramural team anymore. Are you going to really hang out with those people anymore? Think for those of you that are parents and you've got kids that play soccer or baseball and you get to know people on your kid's little league team. But, you know, if your kid's no longer on that team, 
how likely is it that you're really going to hang out with those other parents anymore? That doesn't mean that you, you you had a bad friendship with those people. There just wasn't much, there wasn't a deep foundation. There weren't deep roots there. Uh, and so when the fun times, the enjoyment that you shared together, the same parties, the same music, the same team, whatever it was that brought you together, when that changes, the friendship probably starts to fade over time. So Aristotle highlights these two kinds of friendship, whether it's utility or or pleasure, these are the most fragile. They're not likely to last long because when the use or pleasure is no longer there, there's not much to unite the people together. That's why we need a third kind of friendship. This is what Aristotle calls the virtuous friendship. This is the friendship that has deeper roots. This is a friendship that's based not on what does this other person do for me? What do I do for this other person? Do I give them some advantage or pleasure? Do I give them some benefit, some use? No, no, this is about the other person being committed to me for who I am. And isn't that what we long for in the depths of our hearts? We want someone that, that, that knows me and seeks what's best for me. In fact, that's what real love is. I often quote the definition of love in the catechism, quoting the great St. Thomas Aquinas, who says, love is to will the good of the other, to seek what's best for the other person. Uh, and, and that's what we want in a, a real friendship. And Aristotle saw, began to see something about friendship in this way. He said that a true friend, the virtuous friend, that friend views you as another self. They want what's best for you. They seek what's best for you. Uh, and isn't that beautiful? So it's not about what I do for the other person or the fun times I might share with this other person or things we like doing together. No, no, it's about the other person being committed to me for, for who I am. And, and Aristotle says there's two key things we need if we want to have virtuous friendship. And it's hard to have virtuous friendship in the fullest sense. Most of us are only have a few virtuous friends that really carry throughout life. But what are the qualities that can begin to be the, the starting points for a virtuous friendship? Well, first, you have to have a, the, the, your friend has to know what the good life is all about. They have to know uh, about what really makes us happy, what really brings us fulfillment in life. They need to know then something about Jesus and holiness and the virtuous life. Now, Aristotle wouldn't have said Jesus, but he would have talked about, they would have seen the, 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 they would have seen what's good for me, the common good, the virtuous life, happiness. And we as Christians would say, ultimately, it's Jesus. It's the sacraments. It's growing in holiness that brings us happiness. So if I have a friend that gets what life is really all about, they have the potential to be a really good friend for me. But if somebody doesn't quite get what life is all about, they don't understand the virtuous life, they don't understand Jesus, they don't understand the church, they don't understand holiness, to that extent, they're going to fall short and not be able to be a, as good of a friend. Uh, I want to share a story with you. Uh, years ago, back when I was in a young university student, I went to Indiana University and I took this big Renaissance history class, I remember, and I was with about 500 other people in this class, and I happened to sit in the lecture hall at the same spot each week, and next to me, there were these two gals that sat there, and we kind of got to know each other through the semester, and we had basic friendship of utility. You know, we, we could study together, share notes together, call each other and ask for questions on the homework, and, you know, and we got to know each other, and these were, were 
were nice people and uh, and you know I think there was a basic level of friendship of utility there and then as the semester went on they they wanted to get together one weekend uh, and and I remember them asking me after class I said hey do you want to get together this weekend I said sure yeah and then and they said you have a house off campus don't you and I said sure and they said well if we come over to your house this weekend we could bring our marijuana and we'd share it with you. And I thought, um, actually, I think I'm busy this weekend. No, thank you. <laughs> but let's think about it from this perspective. These were not Christian people. They they didn't really understand the virtuous life. They were kind. They were friendly. They were even generous. They wanted to share their marijuana with me. So really generous people here, right? But they didn't understand what was really good for me. They didn't understand uh, the virtuous life well. And and because of, of their lack of understanding of the virtuous life, not seeing marijuana as a problem, uh, they, they, they weren't, they're not going to be able to be as good of a friend to me. So that this is the key. I really want us to see this, that, you know, this is why it's so important to have good Christian friends. It doesn't mean we can't have friendships with our non-Christian friends, our pagan friends. Um, you know, in fact, I would argue that there could be some pagan friends in our lives that might be better friends than certain Christians we know, right? We have, we may know Christians that might be very Catholic and they believe all the right things, but they're not necessarily good people. They don't live out what Jesus taught and they have a lot of vice in their life and dysfunction. They could actually be worse friends than some of our pagan friends. So I'm not denying that. I think it's important to recognize. It's just that to the extent that our friends don't understand the Christian life, they don't understand uh, the Catholic faith, that to that extent, they're not going to be able to help me. They're not going to be able to love me as well because love is to, to seek what's best for the other person and they don't fully grasp what's best for the other person. doesn't mean that they can't live ver- levels of friendship really well with me and maybe even better than some Christians, but they're always going to fall short. And by the way, that's why it's so important you know, when you're dating, you're thinking about marriage, you want to really weigh this very seriously. Am I going to have someone that's going to run beside me, push me in my Catholic faith well? That's why it's so important, the church encouraging us to be equally yoked. Uh, that, that's, that's a very strong, very important thing for us to discern. Now, when it comes to virtuous friendship, though, you need to have a lot more than head knowledge about the virtues. You also have to possess the virtues. It's not enough for someone to be devout Catholic and maybe they can quote Aristotle to you and name all the virtues, but the question is, are they living it out? Uh, and I think this is so important. You know, I, I would just say in my own life, I know recently we've done a couple episodes recently on marriage in this podcast, and uh, I want to reflect on that here uh, and see how important virtuous friendship is for is for marriage. You know, my relationship with Beth, I know that I need to be constantly working on my weaknesses, on my wounds, on the things that prevent me from living a virtuous life. Because I, I might know the virtues. I teach whole classes on the virtues. I've written many, many articles on the virtues, but it's not enough to have that head knowledge. To the extent that I'm impatient or I'm not thoughtful or I'm proud or I'm, I'm living from certain wounds in my life or I'm living from certain insecurities or fears in my life. To the extent I have these weaknesses, these vices that weigh me down, to that extent, I'm just not able to love Beth the way she deserves to be loved. I'm not going to be able to, to seek out what's best for her because because I'm going to be controlled by my fears or my my vanity or my pride or my impatience or my my cowardliness, whatever it is that, that, that is holding me back from giving the best of myself. That's why it's so important right now, whatever state of life you're in, whether you've been married a long time or you're a young single person, 
Work on your character with Jesus through the sacraments and his grace changing you. Then you may begin to imitate him more, to think like him and act like him so that then you could give the best of yourself to him and to the people he's placed in your life, especially if you're called to the vocation of marriage. Uh, so we, we have to not only know the virtuous life, Aristotle says, we also have to possess virtue. And to the extent that we fall short in understanding virtue and living or living virtue, to that extent, we're not going to be able to be a good friend to the people in our lives. So, Let's aim for virtuous friendship. Amen. Let's run after virtue in our li- virtue in our own lives. And as we're living in Christian community with fellowship with others and we're living dating relationships and we're thinking about marriage or living about marriage, let's really weigh, is the person I'm in a relationship with, are they capable of authentic love, virtuous friendship? Do they have the character, the virtue to, to love me well? Anybody can say, I love you. Some people might actually mean it. Few people really understand what it takes to love, what the virtuous life is really all about. Few people can really seek what's best for me. And then even fewer have the virtue to run after virtue with me. So it's a really high call to think about virtuous friendship. The good news is, God is with us, and no matter what weaknesses we bring to the table, he can heal us, he can forgive us, he can transform us if we can continue to pursue him in prayer and in the sacraments. So my friends, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you want to learn more about the three kinds of friendship and how to grow in virtue, uh, please check out my website for two things. One is I've got a whole series of articles on virtue on my website, and they're there for free. You can check those out. Um, But you can also read about the three kinds of friendship in my book, Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love. Uh, it's all on JP2's love and responsibility. He saw that this the, the Aristotle's understanding of friendship was so important for love, for men and women relationships, and for marriage that he began his whole work on love and responsibility, making sure that, 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 that he drew attention to these three kinds of friendship from Aristotle. And I write all about that in my book, Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love. You can check that out on my website as well. You can find both the virtue articles and the book at edwardstreet.com. And you can always reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your prayers. Please continue to pray for me. Know that you are in my prayers. God bless. Thank you.